We appreciate your volunteering. You're a very good observer, Cole. Thank you. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. We want tough-minded people. Strong, mentally. We've had some misfortunes with unstable types. For a man in your position, an opportunity not to volunteer could be a real mistake. Definitely. podcast land hello and welcome to another episode of is this still good i'm a host or vague zone depending on what link you clicked on yeah Yeah, and welcome to an episode of vague zone as well if you want to look at it that way it depends on what your perspective is depends on (laughs) yeah depends on which uh, rss feed you're subscribed to um Mm -hmm. i'm one of i guess four hosts my name is gavin (laughs) murray here with me everyone introduce yourselves at once (laughs) I'm Sage, Sage Builderback speaking. <laughs> I'm Sage Builderback. I'm the other half of Is This Still Good? And we got the Vague Boys with us. Yes. Yeah, I'm Thomas, Thomas Churchill, representing Vague Zone out here in Martinez, California. And and I'm Daniel, the other host of Vague Zone. Yeah, that's our, <laughs> there's our, you, our usual rhythm and chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Are you not representing Martinez? Uh, no, I refuse. <laughs> never, never have, never will. Yeah, it's so hot out here. I, I, I'm ready to, to go. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, thanks. But thanks for yeah. Th- I'm very happy we've been able to do this. This is like really cool. We've been talking about yeah. this for a while. So years yeah, really, making easy. Yeah. We nailed it on the first try. Nothing's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, no scheduling hiccups. We're not about to talk about a movie that I watched ten days ago while buzzed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that I thought I made notes on and opened my document to be horrified, and it was completely blank. Oh, I'm glad I took extensive notes. I even went to the point of <laughs> I had I had sticky notes out when I watched it the second time because I was like, okay, 1990. I was making sure I got my years right because yeah, it's a time travel movie. It's a very eccentric one, and yeah, before we dive into it, but yeah, that's just how I watched it. I was very meticulous the second time. I we watched we it. have I announced imagine. the movie we're doing, right? No, not yeah, yet. we haven't even said <laughs> <we haven't even laughs> what we're watching. That's not important. Do you guys announce the movie? Right now, I'm title. enjoying watching, uh, like, picturing Thomas's, uh, you know, detective wall with all the red <laughs> strings connecting between Terry Gilliam and Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt and the peoples who wrote it's a- this. It's very it's accurate. Like, their name <laughs> is Giant peoples. white placard that says, what is their weakness? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strings everywhere. So, I, yeah, I forget who actually brought this. Gavin, you suggested this one, right? Because so, you're already watching it for some other reason, so you wanted yes. to, like, really tie it in. I I uh, have been working on a short film this past week that is pulling from several references, one of which being Brazil. Mm. The, Not the movie we're doing. No, uh, you're right. <laughs> Another <laughs> movie being also by Terry Gilliam, 12 Monkeys. Okay, and I figured you know that would be a pretty yeah. uh, great movie to revisit. I remember it strongly, uh, having being like feeling like something I discovered, even though it was a very popular film, and uh, held it near and dear. When did yeah. you first see Twelve Monkeys? Back in high school, I think. Maybe a little bit earlier. Might like most of the world, I knew our boy from Die Hard and Brad Pitt from that one scene where he lies on a couch and smokes weed in that other movie. True romance. And also, yeah. like the through the window videos I have at Brad Pitt, <clears throat> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I share constantly. Now, now, Gavin, I, w- I wanted to jump in really fast because I'm very surprised that you suggested this because you are famously averse to horses. So I thought it was a very, very bold move to uh, pick a movie where Chris Hemsworth leads a battalion of horses into Afghanistan. God damn it! No one ever gets it. <laughs> Yeah, even even less than normal. Do I know what you're talking about? A battalion I, of horses into Afghanistan. Yeah, he it's leads like so, like strong. his whole battalion. Am I not thinking of the same movie? You, Is that possible? I don't see. Know this would work better if anyone had seen Twelve Strong. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know where, where where that's going, but I will watch it. I'll put it on the list. <laughs> yeah, this is also okay, Terry so Gilliam. I watched the wrong movie again. 
Um, but this is the one where uh, John Cena is a cop who puts away Littlefinger, and then when Littlefinger breaks out, he puts him through a series of, of trials and kidnaps his girlfriend. Sage, right. you watch movies no one Fuck else Fuck your Blake faces. <laughs> is that 12 rounds? <laughs> there you go. Someone got, got one. 12 rounds. <laughs> no, I looked up 12 strong. <laughs> 12 rounds. Yeah, yeah. I've managed to avoid the trailers for these movies, Sage. <laughs> Okay. See, I uh, thought... Is this the movie where uh, the Joel Schumacher movie where Nicolas Cage is investigating a, a snuff film? No, this is 16 That's Really? Is the film. Does that even have more <laughs> This is why we don't know. It's 8 millimeter. Like, ran out of 12. So you, but, uh, you thought that if we didn't get the 12 references, you'd throw in other random other okay. measurements? 8 millimeter is an actual <laughs> famous movie, though. Yeah, I mean, I you could have pivoted either. to other monkey it's, movies. You're just doing, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I would have gotten if you'd send, like, yeah, D- monkey Dunstan strong checks or in or whatever. So, yeah, look, we all watched with... Monkey Bone, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> can, all right, Can we fine. move to the next start so, of the podcast? So, <laughs> so how did you first fucking watch 12 Monkeys, Gavin? <laughs> I, I already said, uh, I, I probably bought it on VHS at Streetlight Records. It seems like that period where I was... Um, instead of renting movies, I'd just buy them for like 50 cents and uh, have a weird collection of movies. I think I still have the VHS somewhere um, on my mantle, actually. I can see it now, sitting there. Hmm. <laughs> what about you, Daniel? When, when was the first time you've seen, <laughs> seen this movie? Uh, I think I saw it early Netflix days when Netflix was still doing discs. And I ah. added it to my parents' queue. And that was... A glorious, glorious time. A lot, a lot of discoveries. I'd straight up forgotten that Netflix ever did discs that like kickstarted a memory that was not there. Oh, yeah, so it was. Wow, you saw that they're late. A disc rental company. <laughs> I saw that late. That was the business model. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Amazon sold books? <laughs> Remember when the Fast do. and the Furious crew just stole DVD players? Yeah, that's another franchise that apparently is <laughs> has gone to space at this point. I haven't seen the oh, most recent. Go. I'm not, I watched yeah. F9 yesterday. I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, I, ju- uh, I just did. But the stuff that's in the trailers <laughs> happens in the movie, wow. and it's nuts. Those five yeah. minute trailers. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's like seen Twelve Monkeys is just furious right now because we've <laughs> not yeah. talked. Please about talk this about the movie. <laughs> we've talked about Twelve Strong. Uh, they came for our insights <laughs> on Fast and Furious. Which is to say that if you gave an eight-year-old a bunch of Adderall and asked him to write a Mission Impossible movie, you would get Fast 9. Yeah. Now, what do you give to a 12-year-old to get him to write 12 monkeys? Monkeys and typewriters. If you give 12 monkeys typewriters at enough time, they will eventually write out the script for 12 monkeys. Give them six boxes of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and you make Mm -hmm. them watch La Jate six times. On a loop. Which is a movie that loops. (laughs) So that was really... (laughs) Now, yeah. I'm going to peel back the curtain for a moment, actually. I think most of us have studied film. Yes. Correct. Correct. And I don't and know about think... Sage, at least three, three quarters of us <laughs> were from SF State. Yeah. That's Where, at, at, at which uh, SF State, I believe Logite was required viewing. Yeah. I don't know what class. Do you guys remember which class? Uh, when I fell asleep in. Uh, Sounds right. <laughs> it might have just been film history. Like, either, if not film history, then. Like a 301 or a 201 class. Mm-hmm. De- definitely I could see it as like an intro to editing or... Um, but can you imagine watching that movie and being like, this has Blockbuster written all over it? So, yeah. so well, really must... quick, what are we talking about here, Gavin? We're talking about La Jete. <laughs> Why are we talking about La Jete? Because I'm not going to assume that our audience has seen La Jete. <laughs> Terry Gilliam saw it and he said, I must put Bruce Willis in this. Well, yeah, we like briefly mentioned it, but I like that movie a lot. I think it's a really fucking fantastic, like <laughs> slow, like like it's a it's an old French film that's basically like it's a science fiction film that's told basically through photographs and narration, and it's like yeah, it's like a lot of like very whispery narration and dialogue throughout this guy's journey going into the past and doing stuff. It's I can't really describe. It. It's very convoluted, but yes, a man going Con- to the convoluted past. is a word that I would agree with. <laughs> yeah and so t- the fact that terry gilliam or someone saw that and was like oh yeah let's turn that into like a quasi action movie film. about a dozen of monkeys uh that's like weirdly philosophical <laughs> but like yeah but it was written by the writers of blade runner so it's like they attached to this they wrote the script and then terry gilliam got got hold of that and then he was like yes let's do this yeah no for for um a world in which like so many movies don't get made 12 Monkeys exists somehow where someone bought the rights to La Jete 
said like we can adapt this into a blockbuster hired the writers from blade runner and then they shopped it around to directors until terry gilliam was available and they wrote a a version of it that made a lot of sense and he's like well this makes too much sense let's slow down (laughs) (laughs) is that what happened (laughs) yeah and then they threw a bunch of money at it and got a very hot bruce willis and brad pitt turning down both tom cruise and Nicolas Cage in order to make this movie that was also a hit. I'm assuming Nick Cage would have been Brad Pitt's character. I think everyone really wanted to be Bruce Willis's character, which I don't... If if you got to choose who to be in this movie, which we'll eventually talk a little bit more about the movie, but like, come on, Brad Pitt is having so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's having like the crazy like off the rails philosophy shit was talking about like once you're in a group like that's like you're done like like criticizing <laughs> criticizing group think and shit like i don't know like he's like he's doing a thing where he's like rattling off a lot of stuff but there are some like interesting gems in there i for i forgot until i watched this movie again i forgot something very important about myself which is that brad pitt is my favorite actor okay just, so you're you're into this performance yes i'm in <laughs> parts of the movie i'm into it uh, I think the entire first uh, asylum sequence is brilliant and clearly just filmed at an abandoned asylum. Yeah, the guy's just like, are, like, are you mentally divergent? As he like, just leans yeah. his head on him. <laughs> and then later on when he's got... I want to be uh, that guy. <laughs> later on when he's doing eco-terrorist stuff with a fake eyeball, I'm less into it because you put prosthetics on the performance and just like, all right, I know there's an actor under there. <laughs> Whereas oh, I he love just, the eyeball. Ah. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't work for me as well. It's in the I'm... whole time. It, it's in those early sequences too. Is yeah, it? maybe they just yeah. maybe they just uh, maybe it's a little maybe more it's subtle like at the beginning with the long hair later. Yeah, maybe he has multiple fake eyeballs throughout the film. Yeah, over, like they have notes. Probably for, they don't have a long shelf life. They have notes in the script about like how far over it should be moving. <laughs> <laughs> the eyeball continuity is off. If any of you have fake eyeballs, do you have to like take them out at night so they don't dissolve into your brain? Well, yeah, it's like the Doc Ock thing. Yeah, if you leave it in too long, it will control your brain and uh, turn you against Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure. So that's what happened to Pitt in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He just left his fake eye in too long and went crazy. Fan theory. Good fan theory. Way down, way down. (laughs) What's that that Ghost Hands movie? Ghost Where hands? the guy gets like the idle hand hands? transplants, idle hands, yeah, not yeah. ghost hands, but with the serial killer and <laughs> ghost hands. Uh, is I watched that, but for a fake eyeball. <laughs> it's two two fake eyeballs. Yeah, but then, then you're just blind. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a blind murderer who has inherited a serial killer's eyes. Idle eyes are the devil's playground, right? Oh no, yeah, devil's peepers. All right. Anyway, Sage, <laughs> sorry. Big? Back to back to our formula. Sage, when did you first watch this movie? Was it? Oh, I have no idea. I watched it as a kid at some point. This is um, of Terry Gilliam's films, uh, not counting the Monty Python stuff, which is when you look over Terry Gilliam's career, that's almost an anecdote that he was in Monty Python because <laughs> he's just been making just crazy shit ever since. That is less funny. Uh, I I definitely sought out 12 Monkeys probably because I was a huge Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt fan and I sought out Fear and Loathing and I think I've seen very few of his other films so 12 Monkeys is my my entry point into Terry Gilliam oh I saw Time Bandits which I fucking hated (laughs) I feel like 12 Monkeys is in a weird way his most accessible film that I can think of I think so yeah yeah which is weird because it is more accessible yeah. than Fear and Loathing. It's fucking wacky, and it has like this whole City of the Lost Children vibe to it. Yeah, no, it's definitely pulling heavily from other things. And like when I think about it, I forgot that Terry Gilliam directed this movie until I rewatched it, and I just remembered it as someone ripping off Terry Gilliam. Interesting. Uh, that's yeah, that's funny. Which is if if he heard that, I'm true. sorry, I'm not trying. Well. <laughs> What are the points in this movie where you're like, this is the most Terry Gilliam? Like, oh yeah, Terry Gilliam made this fucking movie. Like, there's like the future that is presented with like the chairs that rise into the ceiling, this like ball of monitors from like the overlords who are talking to these prisoners before sending them back into time. There's a lot going on. Speaking of a lot going on, actually, who's bold enough to try and summarize this movie in two minutes? I see Sage just throws his hands up in defeat. (laughs) Yeah, not volunteering defeat. I can, I can do it, uh, but uh, I need to. I need to think about that shit. 
You have five seconds to prepare. Five (laughs) seconds to prepare. All right. Is there a timer? Yes. Yes, but we're not going to tell you how long. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'll just start screaming at you at a certain (laughs) point. I just, uh, yeah, raise your voice over the course of two minutes, and when you're at the peak, I'll know. Yeah, we'll start playing uh, that, <laughs> that 12 Monkeys music from the titles, kind of like to play you off. Okay, Which so... fantastic, uh, by the way. I love that music. Okay, so yeah, uh, Prisoner in the Future is tasked with going to the past to stop an apocalyptic event of where a virus killed, what is it, like 90% of the population or some shit like that? Um mm-hmm. he, he is uh, given this task because he has a strong memory of seeing a murder at an airport and is stuck with him his whole life. And they need people with strong memories to go to the past so they don't go insane. However, when he does go to the past, he is entered into a mental asylum because they believe no one could possibly be from the future. And it uh, really uh, makes it hard for him to achieve his goal. And then the rest of the movie happens. Is that pretty good? <laughs> You can keep going. We'll, we'll, I can keep we'll put going. thirty put thirty seconds on the clock. Let's try and get a little further. Yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. <laughs> that was flawless. Team Team V did pretty good. And I said that is the not, setup. Knocked yeah. out the park, Daniel. Uh, okay. So. At which point he meets a case lawyer to, or whatever you want to call her, right? I thought she was like a psychiatrist or something. Psychiatrist, case lawyer, same thing. That Man. might not be true. I don't understand law or badass nineties. Uh, that's true. <laughs> he doesn't understand law or taxes. <laughs> yeah. But yes, there's like a, so, a love story and she go, goes slowly from thinking he's insane to maybe thinking he's from the future. Yeah, there she's presented to some hard evidence over the course of the film. And uh, it sounded sexual, but it wasn't. <laughs> Or was I, it? I, I I can't do the rest of it. <laughs> like I I basically gave you like the premise, and then yeah, the yeah. rest of the movie. So happened. what you're it's saying good, is this yeah. is this is not hard. the movie where Shuetla Jayafor is uh, captured as a free man in New York and sold to a plantation in the South. <laughs> no, this is not Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> good, we got one. The one I got, but it's not a Sidley Dumet courtroom drama. All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, twelve angry. Yeah, and honestly, like looking back at it, I did not pick the easy ones. <laughs> so, and to be fair, most people have not seen Twelve Years. You could have done the Dirty <laughs> Dozen. Oh, that would have worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get yeah. back to the twelve, the titular Twelve Monkeys. We could try. <laughs> you know, craziest majority rules. That's what Brad Pitt says. You guys see Eight and a Half? <laughs> Fast Five. Come on, guys. Fast Six. Four brothers, Rocky Five. So, in the process, Seven? any movie <laughs> in the process of our lead character, who I uh, I wrote down his name because I'm a person who takes notes Bruce when Willis. I watch. <laughs> I am a serious movie person that takes notes when I watch movies, and I can't even remember. But yeah, essentially, he goes back and uh, he's trying to stop this like apocalyptic event, but uh, somehow ends up. So, <laughs> you're shaking I, your head. You're shaking. <laughs> well, it's been interesting. So, like, I tried to do a little bit of reading about this movie to try and understand again the wacky world in which this movie exists, and by that I mean our world with this movie existing in it. Um, 1962 France. <laughs> that so many of the people like reviewing this movie talk about trying to prevent the apocalypse, but like the movie itself is very clear about no one can change time. Like yeah. the, the the it already happened. Like you can't stop yeah. it from happening we're just trying yeah. to understand yeah what and it's, the 12 it's, monkeys did sorry go ahead yeah yeah i was just gonna say it's about james like trying to figure out like this mystery of what the 12 monkeys are and so yeah it's about that so it's less about yeah stopping this virus it, which is a part of it where you know we get a little bit of that with like these dude like the biochemists and like the whole thing yeah with, the, like the dad and he's Jeffrey's son and like they're, they're connected and he like gives him the idea while inside of the psychiatric hospital like you know years before and like so yeah there's like <laughs> it's very like fucking tricky when it comes to like explaining how the like right, because how that part comes like, into it just like in Bill and Ted if you think really hard and remember to take the keys from your dad's yes. pocket and leave them in the bush next to the front door then you can get in that's the best yeah, time, time splitter rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. So what he, what they're actually trying what he's actually trying to do is figure out where the virus came from to find a cure in the future, in the future. Yeah. for yeah. the virus. 
okay, I thought he was fact-finding, and then they were just going to send back someone who, like, wasn't a criminal to actually take care of it. That's how I read it the whole time. But, yeah. But that can't they change the past. Is that he's, I mean, yeah, the past has already happened. And they actually say like that. you could change the past. The future is history. Because if you change the past, then he is, there's no reason for him to be sent back. All right, Gavin, it's too early, and you're blowing my mind. <laughs> so the future's history is actually the tagline of the movie, so, for those who didn't know. Yeah. I was working it in very very smoothly. So it's very good. It's one timeline, like like a it's like a string, but there's a loop in it, and we're seeing the yeah. loop. The movie is yes. the loop. See, yeah, now you've unraveled this movie by raveling that uh, string. string. Yeah, and the, and the movie references this by having like Woody Woodpecker cartoons and like the whole like time tunnel thing, and I don't know, I, I really enjoyed those aspects to it. Like every time there's like something on screen, it's like a an old throwback cartoon of like yeah. some like time travel shit. It's like you know, I. I think that just goes to the great production value of this movie because you know Terry Gilliam is just fantastic, just packing this fucking uh, yeah. sorry, packing the frame with just so much good stuff, so much art and like little like you know trinkets. You mentioned like this, this like the screens and like the eyes, like that whole thing, and like him getting interrogated on like the really high like barber chair. Apparently, so, that yeah. barber chair got them sued. That's the only what? like yeah, I saw that <laughs> that it was like stolen uh, concept art or something like that, right? Yeah. Interesting. And I think they lost that That's wild. Too. Yeah. <laughs> That's... No, the aesthetics, like, I mean, Terry Gilliam, again, for this being probably, again, his tamest movie. Uh, I'd say it's the most accessible. Of it's what still I've seen. insane. Like, it's, yeah. You get. But it was uh, a huge fucking what, hit. Do we know what city this is that, is that he's in? Is it Chicago, New York? Baltimore. Baltimore. I was yeah. a quarter of the way there, maybe. Tom's <laughs> yeah. got the notes. You look like a fool. Hey, I was really worried about Ricky Newman. I'm just happy he was not in a well and that he was just mm-hmm. playing just playing possum inside of a barn. I like how you can't you can't make any references to this movie and not just introduce new information. Like it's, I, I can't, <laughs> it's I'm trying to imagine a poor audience listening to this podcast and be like, "What the <laughs> yeah. fuck what are, are they, they talking, talking about?" <laughs> yeah. We're just every sentence makes less sense than. Are the they next. still on twelve rounds? <laughs> My favorite part is when the guy from Law and Order shows up. <laughs> uh, it was best. Chris is in this movie. Sorry, Gavin. I'm making it happen. Christopher Maloney is the best. Chris. And the uh, fucking guy from uh, Silicon Valley's in this, the like the evil CEO. Yeah, he, Matt, um, the director of Captain Fantastic. He plays one of Brad Pitt's henchmen. <laughs> oh, he's he's really? A oh, I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, <laughs> but you're absolutely right, Gavin. There's just like it's hard to like casually talk about this movie without just like j- jumbling so much information about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, we're all bad at our jobs. So. <laughs> all that too. So it's okay. In the future, we'll uh, we'll send back ourselves to listen to this podcast and find out what we could have done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know that I'm mentally divergent, so it'll be okay. <laughs> Man, I just I, I have watched twice just on YouTube just the the asylum scene where Brad Pitt first gets introduced because the way he just takes control of the scene. God, it's so much fun. See, I'm and not a fan. I'm not a fan of his no. performance. I think it's just it's too much handwork. I think it's too big. It's just him like pointing his hands a lot. And I understand he's supposed to have these ticks and stuff. And then he actually like went to, uh, I, I don't know if you would call it an asylum, but like he was like you know doing his research. Uh, yeah. Do you think yeah, this is I, an Oscar worthy performance? No. <laughs> uh, and I think it I know is it, crazy it, that this is the first thing he got nominated for. Yeah, I think Bruce Willis came... gives the better performance in this movie. There's a I scene. Mean, there's a scene. Seen partners for a reason, Daniel. The, but there's a scene where they're not even in the. They're not even sharing the screen they together. Really share one, two scenes together. Um, there's a scene where he's in the car with, um, forgetting her name, Madeline Stowe, and. He's hearing music for the first time in a very long time, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of breaking down. And I don't think this yeah. scene—I don't think this scene really advances the plot at all. But it's like I was so fucking into the movie at I mean, that point; it fully pulled me in. That's also, the shit you need in a man out of time movie. Yeah, no, it's wonderful character work, and it's a big—I would say it's a big part of communicating to her, like that genuineness. Yeah. Like he truly believes part of the convincing. Yeah, yeah. Whether he's crazy or not, he truly believes what he's selling here. Yeah. And also I just appreciate 
as far as production value, like the the music posters, like when he mm-hmm. hops out of the car and starts ripping off the posters. Oh, the twelve monkeys are here! There's like there's like some interesting posters. There's like a like a, a muse posters like oh, getting yeah. ripped down. Like and there's like a shot later on. There's like a Nas Illmatic poster like in the yep. background. I was just like, Someone okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, like. If you're going to do, like, a fucking 90s movie and, ha- like, put some mm-hmm. dope, sh- like, hip-hop shit, like, that's going to make me happy on multiple rewatches. And, yeah. It's also, there's, like, I feel like this movie is kind of uh, self-referential. Is this before um, uh, this M. Night Shyamalan, uh, what is that movie Sixth called? Sense. I mean, it's yeah, before this, all of them, yeah. Is this before Sixth Sense? Yeah. It's this is before M. Night Shyamalan was born, I'm pretty sure. This is 95. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan was writing Stuart Little as this happened. <laughs> Because he, uh, he has wait, a line, I he need, says, "All I need I you see- to say is that is that a, is that a real?" Yeah, no, he wrote Stuart Little. Wow, that's the best thing he's ever done. Hey, <laughs> you remember at that's, the end when Stuart Little really some dead? Shit with Bruce Willis. <laughs> that's incredible. But yeah, uh, Bruce Willis has a line that he says, "All I see are dead people," and so I just thought it was like, "This is like yeah. a reference to." Oh to yeah, that? no, it wasn't. That's just that's just some kismet right there. Well, I'm taking those for no reason at that point. <laughs> no, it's it beautiful. Means I'm something. sure. <laughs> What does this mean? This line. Terry Gilliam went back in time, or for, back in time, and told hit told the peoples who wrote this about <laughs> the sixth sense in order to let him finish reference Lajete. Man, okay, We're just to there. get Brad Pitt an Oscar. <laughs> we shouldn't have let him finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Brad Pitt, as I understand it, like was not a star at this point. At the point that they were filming it. So he's obviously making a lot less money than Bruce Willis. However, by the time 12 Monkeys has come out, Legends of the Fall and Seven and Interview with the Vampire have yeah. come out. And Brad Pitt hot. is like an A-list star, uh, which is just as a producer, that's your fucking dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wild run. Yeah, and I, I feel wonder... like they try to make stars like this still today in Hollywood because I always remember – Everyone knows and loves Sam Worthington, right? 2009 heartthrob Sam Worthington. Oh, yes. So yes. they cast him in Avatar, <laughs> and uh, they knew Avatar was going to take so long to film and produce that a bunch of other studios are like, all right, he's got all this buzz for Avatar. So that's how he ends up with Terminator Salvation as, as the co-lead. Uh, that's how he ends up as the lead of Clash of the Titans, and he's supposed to be the next big thing. And two of those movies are bad, and the third one's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... Avatar yeah, didn't true. launch anyone's career. Yeah, there's also just a lot of other just like hunky white guys around that time. You got a lot of Hemsworths. There's like five or six Hemsworths <laughs> around at this point. Too many so. Hemsworths. <laughs> <You> Jai <laughs> Courtney's. <laughs> yeah, Jai Courtney. Like yeah, your Garrett Headlands. He showed up in a movie we watched on our show, and someone re- referenced that, and I was like, I couldn't tell you if Jai Courtney walked on screen. Like that's not he's a person. The, he's I... the guy with the face. Oh yeah, he was in a lead of Battle Angel. That's what Can you not yeah, tell yeah, handsome white men apart? <laughs> I, rec- <laughs> I recognized him immediately. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> yeah, it's my face blindness. Yeah, but I think Bruce Willis is good in this. I like the scene when he's like essentially chained up and he comes back for the first time and he's just like, why am I chained? And he's just like, he's kind of going a little over the top. Of he's like drooling and just like sweating. He's just like, but I don't know, he feels really, really vulnerable. And, it is. Yeah. It's nuts picturing him because this is again, like Bruce Willis is diehard. I don't, John McClane, but like, Bruce Willis is diehard. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That was the tagline, picture... I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis is diehard. To picture him like being as down as he is to give so much of this performance of like he's a man crawling on the ground drooling for I'd say a good thirty six percent of this movie. It. He's fucking At, killing yeah. it. No, he's selling it. That was his he's audition. Doing an amazing job. <laughs> Terry Gilliam he just, was like, like falls in, in through mouth. the door. Terry Gilliam spit oh, in his drool. mouth. He held him down, spit in his mouth. <laughs> He's like, crawl towards the camera. You nailed it. <laughs> He's a real artist. Wow, chef's kiss. That Gilliam. Yeah. yeah, I really like you can do that the, in the sort 90s. of the tender hat, like second half when they're like watching mm-hmm. Vertigo. They're like watching Hitchcock movies and she's like putting the like disguise on him and he's just like you know just and then then they she finally recognizes him and so yeah I like it's like it's really well, it's strange ha- yeah. romance. It I- becomes haunting when he's like that's how I remember you when she puts on the blonde wig. Yeah. And I don't know when I remember putting it together, I think, when I was a kid and first watching this movie, I was like, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry. Those uh, memories uh, are of your yeah. own death, sir. Which I don't know if I'd seen. I definitely didn't see Legite before I saw Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, you were a child. Um, That'd be weird. <laughs> children should not watch Legite. <laughs> yeah, it'll give them behavioral disorders. They'll become should mentally anyone divergent. Anyone watch Legite except for maybe Thomas? <laughs> well, you never I, you didn't ask, but I think the, my order of seeing this, I saw Legite and SF State. I saw Brazil before I saw Twelve Monkeys, and so wow. like, yeah, like I remember I was just went on a like a renting spree at the library, the San Francisco Library, renting random movies. And so, yeah, Brazil was one of them. And, yeah, it's very odd and kind of out of context as far as Terry Gilliam. I'm not a really big Terry Gilliam fan, but I feel like this is right down my alley because it satisfies everything. It's kind of like not too much action, not too much romance. It's like right in the middle. Um, Yeah, Terry Gilliam, I I, I feel like Terry Gilliam should be an artist that I, I like a lot more than I do. And I think if his if his weirdness threshold was just a little bit lower, it would mesh with mine. <laughs> By which I mean Twelve Monkeys meshes with me for most of it. Uh, but, like, Zero Theorem is intolerable. Yeah. That's I, one of those I haven't seen. But. That's also kind of how I feel about, like, David Lynch. If he could just – I would love to see David Lynch just make a straight-up just classic studio movie or something. Dune doesn't count. And I mean, maybe I'd like it. Blue Velvet is probably his closest to like a, and that you know, is like the one I line. like the most. Yeah, like hands down, I think that is his most accessible. I I love Terry Gilliam, but <laughs> I understand. Like I have often been like, oh man, I'm gonna go on a Terry Gilliam binge and like just watch all of Terry I, Gilliam's that, movies again. That thought will and never I, enter my mind. <laughs> I, I get it. I get through like two, and I'm like, I'm good. I'll come back later. <laughs> but I love them. Like Fear and Loathing is fantastic. 12 Monkeys is great. Brazil's insane. Um, I even yeah. love, like, uh, what's that one with, like, the dude with the nose? Baron Munchausen. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, All- I, I, need to- <laughs> I haven't seen any of these except, yeah, uh, Fear and Loathing. The documentary about him trying to make... Uh, Lost in La Mancha. Lost in La Mancha is a little better than the movie itself when it yeah. finally came out, but that was just a matter of build-up. Yeah, but those- there's... Those movies in development for 20 years rarely end up well. <laughs> They're yeah. almost always disappointments. So do we think... But, so we keep saying 12 Monkeys is his most accessible. Do we think it's more accessible than Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Or do we just not consider yes. that a Terry Gilliam movie? <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's a weird argument. I don't. Like, it, it counts if you're going to get into semantics of stuff. And, like, obviously a lot of who Terry Gilliam is is from his time in Monty Python. But... I mean, I'm I guess my Python and the Holy Grail, like, just their sense of humor is pretty inaccessible already, I guess, to some to some people. It's it's yeah. specific. It's yeah. not, Definitely. you know, and it, and it is of a time, I would argue, in certain respects, too. Yeah, oh, that's a, a really good point, because I didn't really think about Monty Python until you brought it up. But then, yeah, I remember we watched that one time in school. Someone put that movie on, and it was like... A very polarizing, like half the class, yeah. like this is fucking awful. This is stupid. And the other class, the other half, it's like this is incredible. Like, yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, Monty Python I've is seen very. Most, I think it's all of those movies. And half I would say of Monty Python is accessible because <laughs> I think it's just the silliness yeah. and just like compared to the this, setting, this yeah, in the setting and just like I don't know. I think it's more just. 90s kids it's easier to kind of sell that just because yeah it's just oh it's his but a flesh wound and so it's just like just silly silly shit and it's a little bit easier as opposed to a slightly headier good quotes like um <laughs> a slightly headier darker more noir toned um time travel movie where it's about like releasing animals and like protesting and like you know they're like yeah it's like but all also that's Brad all in the and uh in <laughs> what which is that's all, but it's also the other thing about this movie that I'd kind of forgotten, which was interesting, is that like it's all a MacGuffin. None of the twelve monkeys matter. Like that's the, it's it all goes yeah. back to one weird dude who read a book by the psychiatrist yeah. and thinks that humanity is a bane. Yeah. Which also I remember reading interviews with Terry Gilliam. And he's like, yeah, I feel that way. <laughs> is, that a Mac, is that a MacGuffin? It's, it's a herring. Like a it's misdirect. A it's, it's a red herring. Okay. I may, I may have my terminology slightly off. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. He used to get all twelve monkeys and put them on a gauntlet. So that that's a MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to do your trivia right for the uh, the Olmec, and then reassemble the twelve golden monkeys and escape the temple guards. <laughs> see, I can do weird references. Too. <laughs> that's not a weird reference. I got it. 
The old Mac Dan. Uh, I'm like a cinephile, it. Gavin. I don't know what your excuse is. Do you know they made three 12 Rounds movies? I did. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's I 36 ask, rounds. When did this movie click back into your... When you guys were watching this, how much of it clicked back as a memory for you at all? Like, did this... I did, did not remember come back? any of the future stuff. I felt like I had just erased all the stuff that actually takes place in the future from from my viewing experience and i pretty much just remember the brad pitt stuff and uh some of the bruce willis drooling yeah i pretty much remembered like the end is the beginning and brad yeah. pitt's crazy in it and that's about it yeah a lot of like the flashbacks stood out in my mind the scene that always surprised me when i watched this movie because I, I, when i watched it twice i was like the when they go into the hotel and they're like confronted by the pimp and like they kill like they pull his teeth out like that scene like every time i, I see that scene, that scene is just like my fucking favorite because she's like take his money and like drag his so she, like <laughs> like she yeah. starts like screaming orders at him like like put him in the closet like yeah i just like, i love that scene so much and i was that, like oh yeah it's like it just gets like really hectic for a moment that's a scene where you remember oh yeah this guy made fear and loathing in las vegas <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 definitely so i mean how- i just sorry go ahead I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit. So if you've got <laughs> go for this. it, go for it. All right, I wanted to know like how everyone's experience was watching this movie after going through a pandemic. I mean, hopefully we send someone back. I guess I don't know. I mean, we've already we already have the vaccine. No one will listen <laughs> if we send someone back. Yeah, we may have already done that. Yeah, yeah. I think we had like a lot of science through this, and a lot of it got ignored. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, like I felt like. I escaped back to the 90s as much as I think this movie doesn't feel super locked into the air despite like Nas posters everywhere. Um, yeah. I was able to regress a little bit and that was kind of nice. And I somehow managed to not think about a pandemic. Oh, that's fortunate. No, I still get there's been so much content that I've I've binged in the last year that has been like pandemic related mm-hmm. um, and almost always coincidentally. Like, I just finished Sweet Tooth on Netflix, which is, like, the most optimistic approach to a pandemic I've ever seen, because it just falls around a, a six-year-old cute little deer boy, oh, ten fun. years old or something. It's mm-hmm. it's a fun show. Um, it's, it's much more fun than 12 Monkeys. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, I'm happy you asked that, because I was thinking that very much while watching this, because, yeah, that's all, like, what Brad Pitt is talking about when he's going on these, like, really eccentric rants, and I keep bringing this back up, and he's talking about, like, craziest majority rules, and a lot of people feel that way, like, right now. A lot of people are, like, sort of not into the idea of Mm -hmm. everyone getting vaccinated at the same time, and, you know, when he mentions, like, wiping us, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. It's like he's like, wiping out the human race is a good idea, and so, like, these are, like, some thoughts that I've heard like been i've heard these thoughts like said straight faced by people like at a bar sometime and so like i don't know there's things that like are absolutely poignant about just kind of the dialogues that are happening in the spaces that are considered like this is the psychiatric hospital this is like where all the the crazy people are but i don't know like those bits of dialogue were the ones that were most interesting to me and yeah and then also just the imagery of just like empty cities and all these canted Mm -hmm. angles and i think they did something really brilliant with like yeah like the lion and like the bear in the beginning and then like in the end there's kind of just like giraffes kind of just like running across the freeways and shit and yeah it's it's like a whimsical like a like feeling to it and yeah it's just like it would be a a more colorful version of like oh yeah like the world is falling apart but like it's cool because there's like elephants running around and stuff so i don't know i like that there are two big 90s movies where Brad Pitt uh, plays the anti-capitalist cult leader of a bunch of monkeys. Yeah, definitely. He read those scripts and was like, I'm fucking down. This is my brand. I wish he had only done that. What, what he could have led some monkeys in Snatch. Fight Club. Oh. They're literally space monkeys. Wait, there are monkeys in that movie? Yeah, yeah. that's what they're called. That's, <laughs> they're the yeah, space monkeys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're called space, space monkeys. I thought you were just like referring to men as monkeys, as apes. No, and those are Sage is 100% on that. <laughs> those are two wildly different performances that are basically doing the same thing <laughs> at the end of it. You're not wrong. There's also three movies where where Bruce Willis meets a younger version of himself. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that trope as much. I mean, maybe he should just do that too. You don't you don't fuck with Looper? <laughs> you don't fuck with Disney's The Kid? <laughs> 
Come on, Gabby, you don't fuck with these movies. I love you don't so fuck much with the kid. Looper, and the, I feel like the movie falls a little bit short to me. Maybe yeah, it's just the prosthetics. I don't know. Yeah, Looper was probably <laughs> probably one of the most hyped up movies of the time, just because I don't know. After I don't know, you were not a fan of Brick, but I, oh, I, I, there's a lot of people I know who are big fans I of Brick. Brick. Yeah, Brick. Oh, I, I thought, Brick. Oh, I thought I you, fuck with Brick. I, I was under the impression <laughs> that you did not like Brick. You were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go ahead and lead us into talking about like again. Did this? Did this movie? I want. I want to enter the judgments if we're into that. Sure, sure. I can always uh, judge. Did this movie live up to your memory, or did you? Man, I don't know how to enter that anymore. <laughs> you just want to give it a shot? Well, okay. I was, I, can I? Sleep. Can I prep you into it, Gavin? If <laughs> we had way, some way sort of tier system, um, some sort of three pronged rating scale, uh, what three would it prongs. be? Well, we might ask if things are. If this movie is still good. If it's better as a memory, or if we need to send someone back in time to find out who bought the rights to La Jetée so we can retroactively... Well, I guess you can't change the past, unfortunately, but just really <laughs> wish that the movie didn't exist. Yeah, that was the obvious one you got there. I was going to send it back naked to World War One. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah that, that, I like that. Just, I like, like that option. In the leg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another fantastic scene. <laughs> Something I didn't remember, yeah. That also, yeah, you can't, like, how do you, there's so many small pieces of this movie that you just bring up casually and it's like, what do you talk, I don't, if you, if you go to the bathroom during this movie, you're fucked. You're going to miss the entire scene, which might be its own decade. Which I know we're trying to move on to judgments, but. No, please. (laughs) Okay. This is a very structured podcast and there will be order. So Madeline Stowe, she says, like, I've seen this guy before pretty early on in the movie. Is that what this is referring to? Is that she's seen this photo before? Maybe. Because I've always found that weird, the way she says, like, I feel like I know this guy or something like that. That photo is so weirdly staged, by the way. I love it. One of the few parts of that movie that was like, Bruce Willis' face is just, like, brazenly right there. He's, like, confused it. (laughs) If I could have any poster, like, hanging above my fireplace as an adult, it'd be that image. It'd be (laughs) naked Bruce Willis reaching out to his injured friend played by John His friend Jose, who's, like, a very crucial character. You haven't seen my back tattoo of that? great. <laughs> um, Amazing, but yeah, going on to yeah. judgments, I <laughs> I think this is still good, perhaps better than I remember. Um, I think it's just it's kind of a perfect movie. Wow! <laughs> like I know it's fucking well, weird. We could talk about that, <laughs> but it's like there isn't anything that I'm not on board with with this. I mean, I I, I think if there's yeah, any kinda, criticism, it's maybe that the. Ultimately, the villain, the guy who we realize is the one who spreads the virus, mm-hmm. maybe that's not uh, telegraphed enough. Maybe that's not built up, uh, up enough to feel uh, emotionally satisfying. It doesn't feel important until it really Until is, it's yeah. important, yeah. But it's like... <laughs> I love the shot of them in the newspaper when she like sees it and it's just like his face like in the corner. It's just like, yeah. oh, okay. I'm like that's okay. the guy. <laughs> yes. Oh, I do have a major criticism, actually, which is... <laughs> fuck it. Fuck, yes. fuck everything I just said. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The the romance doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, okay, it's it 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 happens way too quickly. I don't think it's really justified. Um, as I was watching it, I was remembering, you know, the first time I'd seen it, like, oh yeah, these they end up together. They have like a romantic thing, and so I was like waiting to see how that developed, and it just it it's too sudden. Um, th- there's not a yeah. real good trajectory for it. It's no, one of those really, really bad psychiatry too. That's yeah. like freaking a lot. That's not There's not okay. A lot of just <laughs> shitting on psychology through this the whole thing that that the psychiatrists are doing. Like there are some scenes where it's just like, well, aren't we just telling people what's real and what isn't as psychiatry? I'm just like, ah, oh, this is going to some weird battlefield earth vibes. Yeah, this is like this <laughs> committee of old old men. Yeah, it's like just like always just like a string of scientists or a string of like people in like white coats, just like all but, psych. <laughs> condemning you to death pacing during these sort of time travel movies is always really hard because the movies Mm -hmm. you know 90 120 minutes however long it is uh and that's the amount of time that we're spending with it so when bruce willis disappears and it's been years for madeline stowe or months like she's gone on her own journey in some way and like her feelings about the world and about bruce willis could have changed so i automatically cut a lot of slack when that happens yeah, I, I feel um, like that's a lot of also by the end they're both insane so whatever <laughs> right 
and the world is gonna end so yeah well said i agree with that yeah i think it's better than what i remember i'm kind of leaning towards that decision because yeah the the brad pitt performance doesn't really bother me as much as it does daniel and i i think just the production value in the music is everything about it just makes it just a very like fairy tale like experience Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think it's one of those movies that you can just revisit and just find so many different details. And uh, yeah, when I was rewatching it the second time, I was trying to focus on yeah the whole Cassandra complex thing and Jose and just like the idea of no, like not being able to change anything, like knowing the information but like being the burden of not being able to change it. And so yeah, it's like yeah, it's just some weird stuff, weird philosophy in this movie. So yeah, I think there's a lot to like. I'm I'm also coming in still good, but probably the the softest of all of you. Um, I'm obviously watching it from a different headspace, both post pandemic and um, just with a more critical eye than I was as a teenager. Um, the fun game for me, like the the active participation while watching this movie, is trying to figure out if Bruce Willis is crazy or not. Like when yeah. the movie is playing with that, I really fucking like it. I wish it didn't actually start out with him in the future. I also don't understand why he needs to be a criminal rather than just some guy sent back. Uh, these are things that I don't think like mm-hmm. add anything to to that game that I'm playing and just kind of overcomplicate it. Because if the point is like time travel kind of makes you crazy, just send back anyone. Well, it kind of makes him... I think that was just kind of to take that out of his hands a little bit. Like he doesn't have a choice in the matter. He's a volunteer, yeah. but like he is... If They're twisting his arm. It sounds like something else much worse is going to happen. I mean, I think it's more interesting if he's like a volunteer who wants to save things and then gets trapped in, in mental it illness. Way more YA. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's always I, I, an interesting moment when they're like dangling like the document. They're like, when he comes back like the third yeah. time or whatever, like, oh, like you're almost about to be free. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's just that, yeah, that weird prisoner like plot aspect is a little bit extra and it feels like yeah that, i think yeah. i to me i find it interesting like i i really because he's not a hero he's not like a yeah. he's not such a willing hero he's he's yeah, thrown yeah. into this and he develops sort of a he becomes emotionally engaged with the mission right like and he, he discovers things that are kind of he basically sees a pathway towards it, it's unclear because again he, he knows going back that he can't change the past but like there seems to be like now there's something he can escape into where it's yeah. like the present leading up to the pandemic becomes something that he is there's all of a sudden something worth kind of living for whereas he's just existing in the future which is is pretty fun um, yeah that's that is a good point yeah I'll, I'll you put also it this don't way. get the uh heightened like you know I forget what that woman is because they introduce her at the end and she's like, I'm a. She's uh, uh, she works in insurance, insurance? Is what she says, which I'm yeah. wondering if that's like a wink, like, you know, he didn't complete his mission. She's here to, you know, get to the end or, or whatever. Yeah. It's a really interesting. I have a, a note about that, but uh, go on. What were you going to say? Oh, well, I, I guess I'll really quickly say still good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I don't think it's, I remember this movie being great and it is great. I, I wasn't, you know, I haven't seen it probably in a decade. So it was a somewhat fresh, like, I, I don't, I didn't remember much aside from again, when you started off, you get that flashback pretty early on. And you're like, oh yeah, that's the end of the movie, which yeah. is always a little bit of a bummer. Like, I wish there was a way to have forgotten that. Um, cause it, yeah, it repeats you throughout the movie. It's not just like yeah. just the beginning, but other than like that, in terms of viewing it, it's just a very fun movie. It's beautiful to look at. I love all the performances. Um, and I, I too think that like the, I'm not bothered by the red herring, but I do wish that there was not even like more like, cause the hints aren't subtle in terms of yeah, like, he's the, always present. Dude with the ponytail, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it just doesn't feel like it carries weight. Uh, the same you, way you see him in the first scene and you're like oh that's david boris he's the bad guy <laughs> he's just one of those it's interesting that the reveal that bruce willis is that his memory is of seeing his own death isn't the big reveal because it's like echoed throughout the movie we keep seeing that yeah. that memory and the real reveal is just that like this dude's the bad guy like and, and we've had clues but it's like that feels like more of the emotional reveal right um and I, Which there's nothing inherently wrong with, but like sometimes it feels a little weighted weird. 
don't know. And I always think about like how these movies exist as something to be rewatched. It's like, Mm -hmm. do you want this really hard like revelation at the end? Because that's not going to be emote. It's not emotionally satisfying on rewatches. But yeah, if you know going in like where things are going, and you know you're seeing all these clues, I I think it's easier to appreciate that sort of thing. Like you're seeing the breadcrumbs, and you're appreciating the breadcrumbs. it's hard to design a puzzle that you can play multiple times. Yeah. For sure. Um, like, a lot of the puzzle box movies don't uh, hold up. A lot of people will argue this about Memento. I think Memento's just as good the second, third time around. I think at a certain point it probably loses its 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 funness. A lot of the Christopher Nolan movies, except for the last couple, <laughs> are, like, more engaging the more times and things you think are plot holes and weaknesses are like, oh, they actually solved it with with a line of dialogue off here that I wasn't able to pay attention to the first time. And I think yeah. it I think it might be I think it's like a weaker choice or to try and have like a big reveal at the end without like I mean I like that this movie's kind of putting it all up front and like really, really seeding it. Um I don't know. I think it makes it stronger as just like a piece that exists throughout like, yeah, you're not playing a game with your audience, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's more to the story or did it get wrapped up in a neat little time loop? I mean, ending with that in, that woman who says she works in insurance is kind of an interesting thing. There's there's and, more to that story. But... And I need to mention, there is a 12 Monkeys TV show that was on sci-fi <laughs> for two seasons. <clears throat> and in that show, there is a character named Katarina Jones, and that character is the inventor of the time machine in that universe. And okay. so I think it is possible, it is it's possible that that character is somewhat connected to those scientists or, like, is that... Interesting. That is, that is my tinfoil hat theory from the fake zone, but that's... So just to clarify, none of us have, have seen the show? No. Neither... Yeah, no. I've, not, I've not watched the show, but I was just purely speculating by just looking through the... the cast and just like looking at the names and just reading wikipedia for way too long yeah i want to do some research in that just to like figure out how they're milking uh this ip because all it's right all the same characters it's all the same like characters and everything <laughs> so i've got a surprise for you guys we bought the ip for 12 monkeys <laughs> and in order to, to recoup this crazy amount of money that we spent we we need to produce more content uh based <laughs> on it um in in my favorite part of the show we still don't have a name for this. Reboot. Play the bumper. We're reviving a canceled undercover police program from the 80s. Oh, it's not a remake. It's a reboot. You see, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity. What the fuck is a reboot? So all they do now is recycle shit from the past. We're working on less of a shriekle and, and more of a scream Expect us all not to notice. I like it. Another! So, yeah. It's our fiduciary responsibility to bring more 12 monkeys into the world, whether that's a sequel, a reboot, a uh, the first TV series based on it, because the other one didn't happen <laughs> in this world that I'm that okay. I'm pitching. Video game, whatever. Go nuts. Make me money, baby. Okay, it's a 12-part miniseries. One for each monkey, of course. One. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. We do... So the way we milk it, like... <laughs> Okay, we have to have an episode, a flashback <laughs> episode right of how did he get it. in a prison in the first place? And it could be tragic okay. and it could be tied, it could be thematically tied to whatever the hell else is going on. Um, we also have to have a whole episode dedicated to when he gets sent back in time, uh, to the war and he's naked and he re- reaches that guy. Maybe we dedicate a whole episode to that guy, a- another prisoner. Maybe we start the show with a prisoner who goes back in time. He ends up crazy. He is not our main protagonist. Then we introduce the new protagonist. Um, wow, bold. So yeah, I like the idea of I, I've never connected this in my head to um, Quantum Leap very mm-hmm. strongly, but yeah, now I'm, I'm getting because that's the thing too. Like, uh, we didn't really talk exactly about how the time travel works in this. He does <laughs> right, go and back time moves and slower in the Quantum Leap. Correct? Is that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, like, do they explain it? It's just like a giant mechanical, like slug-looking thing. They put him on a, <laughs> they put him on the gurney, and they put him into like just <laughs> this chamber. They put Bruce Willis in a chamber, and then he goes back in time. There's, and then he's back yeah. in time. Yeah. They, I think yeah. there's one time where there's like a shot where it's like, uh, a, like just like metal or something where we're sort of getting like a representation of something. Going back, there's like it happens one time. But... It's definitely not about the specifics, which is good. It's so I, much yeah. better than yeah. So uh, I'm with I'm with Daniel. I think we should have an episode that 
kills all the magic, reveals everything. We should do, we should crystal skull it. We should do yeah. an Indiana Jones and crystal skull, have an episode that just takes all the magic away. And we just like, it's like, oh, you were like, this was a mystery? No, we're going to explain it to you in crucial, boring detail. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be a person in a room just explaining it to Bruce Willis while he's tied up in a chair. I do. I love really, the idea really of midichlorian ex- in it. <laughs> yes. like so mixing in mixing in the quantum leap version of it which is like you are because that is something that is in this movie it's like they do not have time travel figured out to a t in any way shape or form that's the Even reason remotely. he goes back to world war one is they don't they really don't know, the know where they're doing, sending yeah. him and that's why they're experimenting on you know yeah. volunteers as they say it but like prisoners who they kind of see as expendable so yeah i like yeah, the, I, he, go ahead go ahead go ahead I was gonna say he hears the voice in his in like the cell, like he's hearing voices, and the guy's like, "You like lucky you didn't get sent back to ancient Egypt." And I was like, you know, "He's like, I just like that little like joke." But go ahead, Daniel. I like the idea he gets sent back to the wrong era, and while he's there, he comes across yeah. another time traveler without knowing that they were a time traveler, and then it's like a reveal, like, "Oh, they've made this mistake." Before, maybe they made this mistake many times before, and there's a lot of people here who are all other time travels. So did you know that bullet stuck inside your leg is an antique? And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, one... <laughs> I feel like you treat it like, like, um, you know, Suicide Squad in a certain sense, where it's like you do have storytelling with the people who are in charge a little bit more, and like see the plans laid bare and how short they fall to what really is needed for, <laughs> for saving the future. Yeah. And we just watched these failed attempts at, like, a cast that is getting smaller by the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As people just don't come back. Like, almost yeah. leaned more procedural than serialized. Like, they connect to the other, but, like, a lot of the episodes are just going to stand yeah. on their own. He's sent back. I'm fucking into that. He's sent back to another era. He finds all these other people who are also sent back to the wrong era. A bunch of prisoners. <laughs> and when he does make it back to the future um, with, you know, he does, like, whatever his virus mission was. He starts a revolution where he's able to uh, return those prisoners back to the future. There's 11 of them. Now they're the 12 monkeys. Gotcha. Uh, I like that. They're a little army of 12 monkeys. Prison riot. Did we crack it? I think think that would make money. That's a a pretty good one. I had a a similar one. I've got got one I've been sitting on. Okay. Which is, uh, all right. 12 monkeys stage musical. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last time I was in New York, but they had a version of American Psycho that was traveling around, and it was Matt Smith doing the American Psycho musical. It's oh. a fucking street. If they could do that for American Psycho, I want like to follow Brad Pitt's character as he sings and dance. If if you were watching Twelve <laughs> Monkeys and Brad Pitt started being in a musical, would you be surprised if this movie turned into a musical halfway through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want all the patients pushing around the beds and like dancing oh, on it. Yeah. Like, we, I'm with I'm with you on this. We can do some choreography. We can definitely that make this happen. Would be a good two hours. It's like an yeah. OK I've Go never video. Seen one flew over the nest, but now you've convinced me that I do. Oh, want shout out to like... OK Go. <laughs> I would love a psych ward musical. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. And I don't or have to bring it, but one of the characters is just like he's a time traveler. By the end of it, you realize he is actual time travel as he just uh, he pops. safety not guarantees himself out of existence. Next, I like that. I think. Oh, that is like when I'm trying to play, figure out the game of like, is he a time traveler or is he insane? Like, safety not guaranteed is is my reference for that because that's the whole movie is someone has put up an advertisement for a companion to travel through time. And uh, you just try to figure out if it's real or not because you don't yeah. know what movie you're in. Yeah, that's yeah, a fun that, thing. It's interesting, like, both the, those movies, those two, that movie you referenced and this movie, in Safety Not Guaranteed, I don't think he's a time traveler, like, the entire movie that I'm watch- while I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. This movie, I'm never... I never really think he's not a time traveler. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you get to play with me. that more if they just cut, like, that opening scene as he's get sent mm-hmm. back. Like, if it just started with him, like, drooling, walking through Baltimore, yeah. then getting also, picked up by police. But that's a very I will admit, movie. I do not mind that. I, I like... That isn't necessarily something that's super interesting to me compared to the dilemma of the interaction between him and the psychiatrist and him trying to be believed. Or, like, he's not even about that. Just, like, trying to get his mission done and her having to suss this out is more interesting to me than me trying to figure out necessarily if he's... Because that's the whole reason him doubting his sanity is introduced, is just to introduce more conflict yeah. between him and the psychiatrist. I suppose that, so. I think that's more interesting. And they have a lot of fun, and they have a lot of fun with it too, with the whole, like, said the, the whole kid in the well thing, and he, like, tells her this information, and she doesn't believe it, and yeah, then she eventually sees it. And, 
Yeah, and so, yeah, and that's a really nice and when she like has to convince him, and he's like, "Oh, like this is it's like, what if I'm crazy? This is not real." And then she has to start like convincing him. It's like a really interesting like role reversal. Yeah, that 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 was again just to compliment that performance. Like, I like how everyone in this movie really needs to be believed. Like, that is more than anything. Like, mm-hmm. there is so much conviction in just like they need things to be true by the end of the movie because like they've just gone too far down every single character in this movie. is like just too far gone down this path to be wrong anymore, which is just an, it's a fun place to be at. Yeah. A I, lot I of love... the, a lot of the films that we cover, I have just a long list of things I don't like. And in this one, I just have like what would categorize more as missed opportunities for me, mm-hmm. like things I would have liked if they'd gone a little further, making me more of an active participant in that part is one of them. I also kind of wish this movie was a little bit more interested in the actual science of time travel or viruses. Because um, he just pulls out a virus and is just like, hey, smell this. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that happens in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it, is, it. it is fun, but it's just like, that's the part that, like, after living through a plague is just, just I didn't like that. The, the ticket lady, oh, you're going to Singapore and London and New Delhi. You're planning a really big trip. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm planning. Yeah, I am. What are these vials? It's just like, oh, just medical samples that I'm taking everywhere. It's your weird blonde My, my only big note on that is, like, I just don't like the man's haircut. I yeah, we're like, not supposed to like him, but like, yeah. I can't handle the man's haircut. <laughs> Only flaw I have with this movie. I don't like the cut um, of this jib. You could change one thing. If you could cut one thing, it'd be his ponytail. <laughs> yes. Uh, we did it. Uh, it was I all think worth We it. did do it, unless anyone has any last 12 monkey thoughts. Well, or if you guys want to talk about 12 rounds. Wait, are we going to well, do this? I got my homework out, but thank you both so much for joining us. This was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. We eventually talked uh, about 12 monkeys. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really right. happy that we were able to make it happen. I know we are all kind of on a time crunch, but yes, it's <laughs> it's really good to be able to fucking make this joint podcast happen, and we should definitely try to make it happen again in the future. Thomas, yeah. are you going to come back and uh, do a Space Jam 2 episode with us, since you kicked this whole thing off with Space Jam? A movie <laughs> none of us want to watch. <laughs> Space Absolutely. Jam 2, you mean, not Space Jam. You should just... I, need, yeah, I would gladly yeah. go rewatch Space Jam again. Here's what you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need to, don't watch it. I've already forgotten I didn't like that. Here's what you do. Don't watch it, but do an episode on it. <laughs> and just pre- pretend. <laughs> now, I have uh, my PhD in Purgeology and Space Jam economics so yeah Purge. i'll definitely <laughs> jam economics yeah th- that's what my phd is in so i'll definitely mm-hmm. come back to have a conversation about it he's qualified to work in purgent care <laughs> yeah anything you guys want to recommend before or like shout out before we go uh, yeah can we do like a quick what have you been watching this week so you know, we usually do that on our show just like just sure. a very brief um, I just wanted to mention we Daniel recommended Freddy Got Fingered a few weeks ago, and I finally got around <laughs> to watching it. And yeah, any any chance if you guys have not seen that movie, it is a fucking life changing experience. And yeah, Rip Rip Torn in that movie is like I think he like sort of contagiously inherited some of Tom Green's insanity just because like Tom Green is just a very particular fucking crazy person. But yeah, like Rip Torn mm-hmm. sort of like meets that insanity in some weird way, and it's. Oh fucking it's a joy to see. So yeah. A joy <laughs> I'm happy I watched that. See. Yeah. Um I started watching this Korean drama called Crash Landing on You. I only I'm only like Ooh. I'm only like halfway through the first episode. But uh I like Dude, started it, I started it yesterday. <laughs> but um it is about this uh CEO who she's like about to inherit her father's company. And she's like, Oh, you know, we'll work out the details later this week or whatever. I gotta I gotta test this product tomorrow. So she's like testing this like parachute or something like that. And there's like a heavy wind and it ends up blowing her into North Korea. And so the whole show, oh, no. the whole show is about her trying to get back from North Korea and finding romance and friends along the way. And I'm very eager uh-huh. to uncover it. <laughs> by, by, by blow. Do you mean like uh, just a tornado? Fucking there is a tornado. And- yes. And it just drops it her, drops in, North her in North Korea. Yeah. So it's like, what the Wizard wow. of Oz? Fuck. That's a choice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Definitely watching. I so for for Prime Day they released just a bunch of deals on channels where like all the smaller channels you've always thought about getting but like don't really have a reason to get Paramount Plus or like. 
Peacock yeah. Plus. Peacock. <laughs> Already the ones with the plus in it. They were all on sale for like a dollar. Cinemax, Stars. So I started Blind Spotting, which is incredible. Um, oh, sweet. And I'm trying to backdoor my way into getting to work on that show because I almost did sound for the movie. Um, oh, awesome. That would have been fucking amazing. That was what I was going to recommend, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the first episode of Blind Spotting is great. I was describing it to somebody as a, like, I use the word mumblecore way too freely. You do. Uh, it feels, it, to me, I was describing it as like a mumblecore with dance breaks. And someone's like, that sounds awful. But uh, I assure you it's not. It's great. It's delight. <laughs> mumblecore with dance breaks. But I also watched uh, every Star Trek movie. <laughs> Oh, wow. And oh, wow. Um, a lot of stuff that I'm finding on Cinemax, uh, a show my dad likes that I'm not really recommending to people called Strike Back, uh, which is just just nonstop bullets and like private military situations that are most of the time kind of eye rolly, but sometimes are just so well constructed that you hold you, you realize you've been holding your breath for the 10 minute shootout. <laughs> um, Sounds good. Real quick, talk- and then Query is on that, which is the only real thing to shout out on Cinemax that's not already on HBO, which is like Logan Marshall Green as a Vietnam vet coming back and kind of getting tricked into a life of crime. It's been really fucking good so far. <laughs> uh, um, Dave also just came back, which is pretty fun. That's what I just started. Ooh, so Dave season two might be going the way of happy for me, where it's just like, I like what's going on, but it's just too fucking gross for me to get into. Like, every episode has just been I've cringy. I've only seen the first episode so far. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's the only cringy. one that's not. Everything, well, get ready to be fucking grossed out, Gavin. Okay. Because <laughs> they wow, are making might... some choices that are not for me. See, that might lead me away from Dave, because I was always, I'm not a little Dicky fan already, and I'm already, I'm like a massive Atlanta fan, and so I'm just like staying yeah, away from Dave. Yeah, comparing him, it's not fair. <laughs> I know, it's I know, really I know, I know, I know, I know, but um, just, just, I'm just like, you know, I'm just being an asshole, I'm just like, okay, I'm not gonna fucking watch Dave. Just cause like, no, I think the first <laughs> season of that's stellar, the second one may come around, but like, I'm really thinking about dropping it after the last two episodes, just like, I don't need to see this shit. I don't think Fair. the first season like leaned into like body horror the same way. Okay, you got me back in. I'm interested now. We'll find <laughs> out. Guys. I'll report back. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, did you take a right. photo of your monitor earlier? Yes, with, so I'm going to with post, your phone. Uh, post a photo on social media because okay, this man. is a long time take, coming. Yeah. You can take screenshots. Speaking of social media, I did that about too. to teach we... Thomas about screenshots. <laughs> I did that too. I did it okay. way earlier. I do, yeah. Right. I do screenshots whenever I watch the movies, and I post about them on my Twitter, on our <laughs> Vague Zone Twitter. Yeah. Would you like? Would you like to plug your Vague Zone shit? Where can we find you? If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Vague Zone. You can t- uh, tweet at us questions, comments, concerns, movie lists. Tell us what to watch, franchise suggestions. We always would love that. We're on there all the time, tweeting things, live tweeting things, and yeah, I'm usually posting frames I like, you know, shots I like from movies. So yeah, I like to do that so yeah follow us on twitter and gavin where can i find myself uh sage is at hold for plane uh his home address is nope <laughs> redacted social security number is <laughs> credit card number and pin <laughs> but yeah and you can find me at gavin v murray on most things and us at still good pod on other things daniel corona do you want to be found you can find me at onlyfans.com slash decorona. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slash vague. $20, all right, thank $20 you all. a month. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please subscribe at a high tier. It's worth yeah. it. Um, <laughs> Keep your, uh, I don't know. I don't Enjoy even, I don't our know Patreon slash OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank Check you. out Still Good oh, Podcast. Check out Vague Zone listen to both of our shows <laughs> at the same promotion. time one in each same year time. <laughs> yeah listen to uh we have we both done blades what's what's a movie that we both covered uh, i don't think there's much crossover yet i'm yeah. actually well I, I feel like the podcast should have ended by now i know daniel has to go but <laughs> all right uh, just another pitch for i do want to be on when you do it man yeah. too if you haven't done, we it, haven't yet. done it yet let yeah. me let me know absolutely <laughs> we'll work that out soon all right. Thank you all. All right. All right. Everyone yeah, yeah. have a wonderful Take day. Care. Goodbye. Good seeing y'all. Yeah. Later. <laughs> but 12 rounds, though. <laughs>